So, yeah, a cake will be made in the pie graph of the last poll before the election, like on the top of the cake because it's a circle. Yeah. You know how that works? Yeah, and you cut the little pieces by the, you know, percentages of the circle and the cake and the pie. Yeah, that's good. We would not have been friends at high school. Grant Robertson would be a much bigger threat to Lamingtons than Lamingtons would be a threat to Grant Robertson. Now the slushies! I wonder whether or not anyone ever asked Barack Obama and John Key if they met because they were of similar age. High taxing, big spending, big government. OK, Boomer. National will get New Zealand back on track. New Zealand is the greatest little country in the world. Hello and welcome back to the Iron Duke Podcast, your weekly recap of all things policy and politics, where we run you through our peaks and our pits, interesting bits, and anything that fits from Aotearoa and around the globe. I am joined live in Iron Duke Studios with Principal Consultant Byron Terrace. Hello, it's great to be back on another episode of the Iron Duke Podcast. Sorry for taking a break last week, ladies and gentlemen. We needed to take a breath during the election campaign, so we did. One of us took that breath at the Formula One in Singapore, and the other <laughs> took it here. Um, Guess who was where. Anyway, this week we're talking about <laughs> welfare policy. We're talking about overseas voting. We've got some exciting electorates to discuss, and also questioning why on earth a certain politician is not at home campaigning. So Maddie, what's your peak of the week? My peak of the week is that we're almost done with this shit. Yeah. Where it's almost over. Uh, overseas voting uh, opens today, 27th of September. Advanced voting opens on the 2nd of October. The reason that this is my peak of the week is it's actually quite interesting to look at where and how people vote because it starts to get quite strategic. Last election, 60% of people have voted ahead of election day. This year, Electoral Commission thinks it could be 70%, maybe even higher. And the reason that that matters is in a polling environment where there's a massive gap between the two major parties, people are far more likely to vote strategically. And I mean, we saw that last time when there was that whopping gap between Ardern and Judith Collins, that lots of people went out right, I suppose you could say, to act or went out left to the Greens. And the same is going to happen here. But if lots of people vote early then they generally just vote for the two major parties. So it's in the best interest of those minor parties that people hold out. Interestingly, last election, the most busy polling day wasn't election day. It was the Friday before, so like the week before, so eight days before. Wow, really? Yeah, really, really interesting. Again, we were in a COVID environment, so it meant that more people got out earlier. But really interesting. The overseas vote is also super fascinating. Uh, What a lot of listeners may not know is that the overseas vote in New Zealand predominantly swings to the left and that it actually allowed Ardern to pick up an additional seat the first time through the, through the Greens through the Greens through the Greens, through the, Greens the, the first time that she made a, a coalition government there but yeah overwhelmingly like disproportionately party vote Green now whether or not that will be the same case and Phil our boss uses the line you know uh, during COVID we were the team of 5 million but we actually shut out the team of 1 million will those people seek Utu will those people throw their support in and behind the nets. I am unsure, but they have done a heck of a lot of work to be campaigning really hard overseas. I don't think the international vote will go to the left this year. I just think it won't turn out. I've certainly experienced through family and friends that have moved overseas or been overseas, especially during that 2020-2021 time, the the kind of hatred and vitriol for the government Mm. shutting them out of their country like they couldn't come back and see sick relatives or I had to enter a lottery to to re-enter my country. Yeah, let's not rehash it, but yeah. There was a lot of anger in those people and I don't know if they could bring themselves to vote uh, you know Greens or Labour this time around or even Winston first well anyway open from today uh, fun fact that I just wanted to share because oh, I was I reading I love your this. fun facts Maddie 
I get so much dopamine from your fun facts. The number one indicator of whether or not you will continue to vote throughout your life or whether you will be one of those apathetic New Zealanders, about 20% of us who just never f***ing bother, is whether or not... On your very, very first experience, you went out and voted with your parents, whether your parents took you along. So if you vote that first time, you're more likely to vote for the rest of your life. And if you don't, you're more likely to never vote again. Did you vote for the first time with your parents? No. No, I left home well and truly before 18. Uh, No, no, no. I was, uh, my final year of high school was voting. We had a polling booth at the church near my house and I just walked one that Saturday and just did it myself. Fascinating. I was just like, yozza, hooray. Look at you. Yeah, I know. I was a weird kid man. though. I was deeply engaged. Yeah, you were. I was deeply engaged in politics. Still yeah. kind of weird. I had a um, I had a really hyper aggressive argument with my history teacher about um, yeah politics in year thirteen. It was pretty bad. Let's not rehash that. Yeah. Either. Yeah. Really. No, it was. Uh, Byron, what is your peak of the week? Uh, my peak of the week is the exciting electorates and the associated little electorate polls that have come out in the last week or two, which is pretty cool. Okay. Now, is, yeah. Exactly. Hey, you can be excited about overseas voting. I can be excited about what's going on here. Party vote that counts. I'm sure it is, but in these couple of electorates, it's not. Labor's Ibrahim Omer is out in front on 30.6 percent, but National Scott Sheeran is right behind him on 28, and the Greens' Tamitha. Paul, uh, she is on 26.6%. So Wellington Central, the mm. most left-leaning electorate in the country. You've got the National Party <laughs> drop-in from the UAE, Dr Scotty Sheeran, no relation of Ed, sitting at 28%. He's only two points off the top. And you've got Tamitha Paul, the Green Party councillor come candidate, at 26%. So, but what you've really got is 56% leaning left, 28% leaning right. And so welcome, even though he's doing well... Yeah, welcome to welcome to the excitement of an electorate race. I agree. Because you could have a split left vote and the National Party candidate comes through the middle. Straight through the middle. Nikki Kay, Auckland Central. That's um, what she used to do. Correct, exactly. So this could be quite a coup for the right... Tamith Paul. She's going. She's not on the list, is she? No, she's decided right. to just be a electorate Which only MP. Which is a MP. fascinating play, right? Greg O'Connor's done it, and Oharidu as well. Yeah, that's a strange one. Yeah, he's a strange guy. He got his Twitter account taken off him by the Labour Party leader's office. He says some weird things. Does old Greg O'Connor? Yeah, yeah. I know a few people who should have their Twitter accounts taken off them. Fair enough. Probably Next yeah. electorate going to another CBD is Auckland Central. Mm. Another really interesting one, currently held by Chloe Swarbrick. She's sitting pretty on 26%. Yep. Nipping on her heels is the newcomer from the National Party, Mahesh. He's got 24% and sitting really down mm. in the doldrums, would you believe, is Oscar Sims, the Labour Party candidate. Bear in mind, this has been a Labour Party seat in the past yeah. on 12%. But it's also been a National Party seat in the past. That's what we were saying about Nikki Kay. The interesting thing about a poll like this is you think a poll like this does good things for the National Party candidate. It actually doesn't. It's the opposite, yeah, exactly. What it shows is all those people who are currently in behind Oscar Sims will just flip to Chloe Swarbrick now that they know that she needs the support to pull ahead. And I think same in Wellington Central. You'll get mm. a few of those either Green Party candidates go, oh, we better you know, get away from Tamith Paul. And well, I, I, I think different, right, because those two are so close, they, they could flip Either way, that's an unpredictable Could fish. The other interesting thing about Auckland Central is that poll also said that the number one issue there wasn't the cost of living. It's crime. It's crime. It's crime. Can you really say Chloe Swarbrick is going to be your best representative to fight crime? Not to fight crime, no. Probably not. The other thing that I think is interesting about MMP environment is electorates that have a minor party candidate as their local MP are always very proud of it. 
Look at Epson holding on to David Seymour. Look at Ohadiru when they used to hold on to Peter Dunn. Mm. People love it, hey? Peter Dunn was a former Labour Party MP and mm. kind of just decided to stick it out. Peter Dunn, who has been on this podcast before, he mm. was very much a Labour guy, maintained that I got in the local electorate as a Labour guy and just stuck. Yeah. Basically, so it, but Epson, Epson, not Epson like the printers, Epson like the suburb. Mm. That is a great example because they're like, look at us, we've got our own little independent fella. Uh, what people don't realise is Paul Goldsmith, the National Party candidate, is running against him there. I don't claim to be Mari myself, Paul Goldsmith, <laughs> what a weirdo. Anyway, three other electorates I think is worth noting on election night, ladies and gentlemen. Keep an eye out on Maunga Keke in mm. Auckland. It was tight, even last electorate. 635. 635 votes in it between Priyanka Radhakrishnan and the National Party candidate. This year, Greg Fleming with some interesting conservative views disgusting views running up really close in that one Tamaki obviously the battle between the arch conservative Simon (laughs) O'Connor and the uh, liberal landlady Brooke Van Velden coming in hot there. And Have of they course, polled that yet? No, that's out on Tuesday next Oh, that'll week. be awesome. It'll be fun. And then finally, from my uh, electorate polls to watch, is the wire wrapper. Does Karen mm. McInulty, Labour's one remaining rural bloke, have a shot against Mike Butterick in the wire wrapper seat there? Fascinating electorate, actually, because it's one of the oldest electorates in the country. Average age there is 43.5. Leans conservative. Keep in mind, though, again, I'm just full of fun facts. First and only, actually, electorate to ever elect an MP who was transgender. That's right. Georgina Byer. Georgina Byer. Fascinating. Uh, if Kieran doesn't win his seat, he could be out. He and that's why these electorate... Looking for a job as an FMG insurance consultant. These electorates really they matter. matter they because do. if the Labour Party candidate... Too. If the Labour Party candidate gets in, they knock someone high up off the Labour mm. Party list. The David Parkers, the Andrew Littles of this world, the Aisha Verils of this world mm. could all be gone if people like Ibrahim Homer or Greg O'Connor win their seat. Electorates to watch. So Maddie. What's your pit of the week? Pit of the week is the Nats welfare policy. Oh, this is their traffic light. Yeah, their traffic light system for beneficiaries. Mm. So if you are on the job seekers benefit, you will now go into a traffic light system. Green means that you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. You're out there, you're applying for jobs, you're not wearing your pyjamas to interviews in the words of Louise Upston. Orange, however... You know, is when you may have breached some of the requirements of you, but maybe you've missed a job interview. Maybe you haven't applied for as many jobs as you, you're asked to. You're then going to have to attend workshops. But if you get to the red setting and they really feel like you aren't moving your ass to get a job, there will be sanctions. There will be benefit cuts. Your benefit may be suspended entirely. You will have to go to budgeting, mandatory community service. Honestly, sounds like me, week two of the pay cycle. Mm. You know, like mandatory it, community service. Mandatory yeah, nice. b- sanctions on nice. spending, suspension of spending. There are currently 60,000 New Zealanders on the Job Seekers Benefit, and of that, 85% of them are regularly complying. The reason that this is my pit of the week is that this is just stalwart National Party benefit bashing. There's been a lot of evidence out there that says these sort of sanctions don't work from a public policy perspective. But my thing is, if you're going to come after beneficiaries, Do it while you're in government. They are not going to win a single vote with this policy. It honestly just drives them further to the right in an election where they need to be closer to the centre to be winning that red tide worth of support. I think it's angry and aggressive politics. I don't think it's great policy. And I don't think it should be representative of the party that New Zealanders actually want to be supporting. I think it just speaks to that kind of angry sentiment in the country. I think it speaks to a sentiment they're trying to itch, not necessarily a uh, an itch they should necessarily scratch because someone else is scratching that itch and that guy 
is Winston Peters. Oh, you're he's, totally right. He's having a go. He's saying that they should be limited to six months only on the benefit, and it's or two years, sorry, only on the benefit, and it's. Just a, it's a difficult style of politics because it really can be quite dehumanising to people that are going through a freaking hard. Having time. to go back in and reapply every six months yeah. and then be. Like, can you imagine the insecurity of living on what is only about six hundred dollars a week <sighs> and then having to have this placed on top of you? I think it's awful. I think access to government services is the bigger challenge here. It's actually access to these kind of services is a pain in the ass. Mm. And if you're if you're not from a you know a high literacy family, it's even more difficult. If you mm. don't have all the digital access that you think you need, it's a difficult task. And so, actually, where the national party should be focusing is actually making these services quicker, easier to access, because then you can come on and come off when you need them, rather than what they're doing now. Totally agree with you. But again, I just think it's angry. That's you put angry. it really, it's really well. Angry. There's a couple of kind of gold nuggets in there, but it doesn't matter because it was overshadowed by a headline that just says national hates beneficiaries. The good parts of it, you if you've got a warrant out for your arrest, your benefit will be suspended for one month. Doesn't really make sense to me. Does that mean? If you just run for a full month, the benefit comes back online. Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips probably doing quite well, isn't he? He's the guy who's missing with his three kids. Ah, right, okay. Yeah, nice. obsessed with I was that. just like thinking about Captain Phillips from the um, movie. Where are they? Where are the children? They're all still in the bush. The other one is they're also tying uh, benefits to inflation as opposed to wage growth, which, I mean, if you understand the, the economics behind that, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? But it doesn't matter because they just look like angry white people who hate poor people. Yeah, they do. That it's just not a good. And look. no one in New Zealand should hate poor people. No one actually wants to be unemployed. No, that's the true. The most meaningful thing you can do with your life, probably not your entire life, but it is far more meaningful, and you get far more benefit beyond just monetary from being out there. There is one a job. There is one lingering question though that has been asked by whether it be commentators, whether it be politicians. It's a it's a decent question. How can we have, at the same time, record low unemployment and record high people on the job seeker benefit? Mm. So that's a question that I haven't seen answered in any convincing kind of way by government. Great point. And so I do think there is a small little angry itch and a question that some of the electorate do ask that is worthwhile investigating. I think you're absolutely right. It's nice to agree on things from time to time. Mm. What is your pit of the week? My pit of the week is something that actually makes me quite angry. Beneficiaries? No, that surprisingly doesn't. <laughs> I, I don't really think about beneficiaries very often. You wouldn't. How often you? do you think about the Roman Empire? Anyway. <laughs> <sighs> so, during the election campaign last weekend, Saturday the 23rd of September, our foreign minister is at the UN giving a speech on behalf of the New Zealand government. What, like four weeks out, three weeks out from an election? In the middle of an election campaign where she is only campaigning for the electorate vote in one of the Māori seats, for whose seat I just can't remember right now because I'm so angry. <laughs> and the only person, and this makes me even more angry, the only person that asked whether this is an appropriate thing to do for an elected politician to be doing on the world stage during an election campaign where your party is likely to lose, so the foreign policy of New Zealand may change slightly in a couple of weeks' time, the only person that decided to criticise this is Winston f***ing Peters. And he made a really good point. I hate that so much that Winston Peters made a good point. Why on earth is one of your senior most ministers during your election campaign overseas meeting with the likes of Joe Biden going to Pacific Islands Forum, setting foreign policy agendas and goals and speaking to the UN during your election campaign? I think Mahuda has completely misjudged this and frankly it just looks like she's on a junket. 
It looks like she's... It's not her that she's misjudged it. It's the entire kind of government. It's the Labour Party machinery. It's people at MFAT. There are a number of people to point a finger at This whole thing. Prime Minister Chris Hipkins, you know, when he's in caretaker mode, he's taking questions on foreign policy on the campaign trail. He's out there, you know, waving signs for five minutes before going back home, but he's answering the questions from the campaign trail. Mahuta, however is overseas on a bit of a junket. She could have sent senior diplomats, which is what has happened in the past in New Zealand. You send the UN, mm. your permanent representative at the UN speaks and acknowledges that no minister could be here because of the election campaign. You do it properly. But no, 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 I truly believe she's just chosen to go on a big junket. She can bring them back all, sorry, you lost your job, Toblerone's from duty-free though. Or some little Joe Biden bobbleheads, perhaps, mm. because she's going to the Pacific Islands Forum to bloody meet Joe I just I'm a Pacific Leaders Summit, I should say. It really makes me angry. I, I think this is something that has been poorly judged. It's and Hipkins, Hipkins should have said, this isn't something that you should be doing in the middle of an election campaign, especially considering the polls are showing we may lose. I think that needed to happen, and it hasn't. So, yeah, she's just on a junket on the taxpayer dime. Disappointed to see that. <laughs> Maybe she hates campaigning. Yeah, exactly. It's like not fun. There's nothing fun about it. Well, she knows it's all over, so I she may as well get the perks. I actually think all Labour Party MPs are hating campaigning at the moment. It's just no one wants to be on the losing team. No, and at 26.5% in the latest poll, pretty hard for the Labour Party to have a path Stage to power. Stage come back to it. Anyway, taking us through to our newest segment, Policy of the Week. Byron. Uh, bringing back pseudoephedrine uh, into pharmacies, one of the most effective cold and flu medicines, which is interesting that we didn't have that during the whole COVID thing, right? But oh, we also helped. make methamphetamine out of it, so is it that good of a policy? Turns out methamphetamine got cheaper after the ban. There you go. How do you know that? Because I read, Maddie. I read. We read very different things. And what's very interesting is the political discourse has been everybody's kind of in agreement. So uh, I whose policy is it? Not going to tell you. No, nah, it's, it's the ACT Party policy and everyone quite likes it. Even the Labour Party quite likes it. It's a weird policy. Eh. <laughs> Elections are the time to come up with good ideas. Elections are strange, baby. Mine, return of speed limits. Return of speed limits. <laughs> we got rid of speed limits and everyone was going as fast as they wanted everywhere all the time. I'm talking about increasing those terrible, terrible stretches of rural New Zealand roads that are currently down at 80 k's to 100, taking all our expressways anywhere where there's four lanes up to 110, in and around CBD, 30 k's, back to 50 k's. If you've ever been in a car with me, you'll notice I don't pay attention to it's these things anyway. It's scary is what it is. <laughs> Drive it like I stole it, baby. But I think this is a great way to get New Zealand moving. I think this is just going to be a huge boon for uh, panel beaters, (laughs) (laughs) especially ones that you know. (laughs) All right, hold on, Ox, let's go. Uh, Labour Party committing to 6,000 new homes on top of the 100,000 homes they haven't yet built. Yeah, nah. (laughs) Uh, Erica Stanford at age 45 representing the National Party at the youth debate. Hot. (laughs) Is. And lastly, Luxon ruling Winston Peters in. Not. 300 extra cops for cities, courtesy <laughs> of the National Party. I love cops and I love cities. <laughs> <laughs> Labour's alternative budget to its own budget. <laughs> They're trying. <laughs> They're giving it a go. I often have an alternative budget to my budget. Uh, <laughs> one of the more harebrained ideas from former current Prime Minister John Keyes putting Winston Peters in as Speaker to get him out of the way. No. <laughs> Can you fun. imagine him agreeing to that? No, no, I cannot. Never. Just to keep him out of Cabinet, you put him in as Speaker. <laughs> what a mess. Honestly, the, ne- the 54th Parliament is just going to be a f***ing disgrace. 
Either way, I mean, Luxon's been running a really good line. Don't vote for Tipatimali Greens uh, Labour. They'll be vote a co- for me. coalition <laughs> a great of line. chaos. There'll be a coalition of chaos. And then he's like, actually, I will pick up my Samsung Galaxy S17. Did you see that? He um, did you see that Chris Hipkins thing. said that he, if he was in the position, he would pick up the final Winston Peters? He walked that back. When did he say that? He said that on the AM show. On we should get him live. We should get him on the podcast. We should get him on the podcast. He said, "Oh yeah, I'm not going to be rude. I'll pick up the phone." Like he's, you can't rule in, rule out. It's just ridiculous. Do you know what? What? Bill English should have picked up the phone to James Shaw, and I think would be living in a very different New Zealand. Lloyd Burr. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Corin Dan asked. James Shaw, that same question. is like, could you work with the Nats? And James was like, who? No, James Shaw said, um, don't you get sick of asking this question? And Corin goes, yes, I do get sick of asking this question, <laughs> but the producers tell me to ask this question, James, every single time. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, listeners, make sure you get out to vote. Make sure your friends get out to vote. Make sure all of your friends in London making more money than you do. Make sure they cast their overseas vote. And until then, we'll see, see you next, next week. week.